Porzingis gets traded, but what about the Kyrie effect? What impact will Kyrie Irving have on the trade deadline? It's the cipher. The NBA trade deadline is a few days away, and there's a lot of prominent names being tossed out there. Mark Gasol, Mike Conley, two cornerstones of the Memphis Grizzlies, Kyrie Irving, and of course, the biggest name out there, Anthony Davis. Here's the thing, though. Every once in a while, the NBA trade deadline, it'll throw us a curveball. While most fans, myself included, I was following the AD drama and wondering, would he be moved before the deadline or would the Pelicans wait till the summer, which would allow the Celtics with all their assets, players and picks to get involved. And of course, if you're a Laker fan, I'm sure there's no question you was hoping Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka could put a deal together within the next few days. And then out of nowhere, I mean, we're like the NBA world was blindsided. The New York Knicks trade Christoph Przingis to the Mavs for Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and talented second-year player Dennis Smith Jr. In addition to Przingis, the Mavs received Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't want to forget, in that deal, the Knicks get two future first-round picks. It's one of those deals that could actually end up working for both franchises. Why this deal worked for the Knicks? Because Porzingis didn't like the direction of the team. He wanted to be traded. He wanted out. And Steve Mills and company put together a deal that would give the Knicks over $72 million in cap space this summer. Which means, Knicks fans, your Knicks can sign two max players. Plus, Smith Jr. is still a talented developing player who's explosive at the rim. Look, at some point, and I'm not sure about this, but I think at some point, the Knicks are going to buy out both Jordan and Matthews, two productive vets, but they're not part of the Knicks' future. And if you're a New York Knicks fan, you have to assume the Knicks are in full tank mode and want as many Zion ping pong balls as possible. My gut feeling is once I heard this deal go through was that Knicks management got the nod about a certain free agent to be. Matter of fact, maybe get, they got the nod about a couple of free agents to be. Also, look, let's not rule out that the Knicks just didn't feel great about Przingis' long-term health. That said, if you're Mark Cuban and you haven't really able, been able to like better your team through free agency, this deal works for you. It's a risk, but if you get a healthy Przingis alongside Luka Doncic, that would give the Mavs a talented young tandem to build around. And again, it's a risk, but if you're Cuban, worth taking if it sets your franchise up for the next decade. This trade was the biggest thing to happen this week. It, 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 like I said, it was the one thing none of us saw coming. It was the biggest thing, but then it was a busy week because out of nowhere, Kyrie Irving, responding to a reporter's question about free agency. His response was, ask me in July. And then later on, he went into a little bit of a rant about how he spent the last eight years trying to do what everyone else wanted, including managers and personnel. 
and that he didn't owe anybody bleep. He then also added that, hey, look, of course, the Celtics are still in the race. If you're a Celtics fan, you should be concerned. When your best player leaves it up in the air on if he will or won't resign with your team, it's kind of weird. It would throw me off. And look, I asked the question early in this season, could Kyrie be the odd man out? Because even now, I don't see Danny Ainge offering him the Supermax. And it has nothing to do with talent or ability. It's more about words like durability or availability. Plus, any GM, any GM like Ainge has to think about the long-term impact of giving Kyrie that type of money. He's a superstar, but I don't think Ainge views him as a franchise player. And on the other side of that coin, does Kyrie really want to sign long-term with the Celtics? His comments leaves things wide open. And here we go again. We're back to those Knicks with all that cap space. If you're Danny Ainge, do you trade your best player 52 games into this season? Your team 34 and 19 in a position to still challenge for second seed in the East. I'm not sure you make that move. And and I'm not saying Danny Ainge is going to trade Kyrie Irving. But if you keep him, if you stay the course, do you risk him walking in free agency free agency and getting nothing in return. And look, this could all just be posturing. Maybe Kyrie intends to sign all along. He just wants to make sure that Ainge offers him the supermax. But if you're Danny Ainge, you've got to weigh all your options. Big picture, I'm not sure the Przingis trade doesn't have a ripple effect on both the Lakers and Celtics. New York's put themselves in a position to go after Kyrie and Katie, players both the Celtics and Lakers have interest in. Obviously, Boston wants to re-sign Kyrie, and in the perfect world, they'd get the opportunity to sign him and go after AD in the offseason. And the player and the Lakers, everybody knows they plan on going after Kawhi or KD. Here's the thing, though. Speaking of the Lakers. And you know the reports about them going after AD, not a secret. But if the reports are true that the Lakers' best offer was a package of Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and a first-round pick, then Magic Johnson and Lakers management, if that's your best offer, then you're not serious about acquiring Anthony Davis. Magic and company have to be make a serious offer. You're trying to trade for a t- top five player who's 25 years old and still getting better. You put all your young talent on that table. Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, Zubac, KCP's expiring contract, and two first-round picks. And even then, if the Pelicans say no, if the Pelicans say, we also want you to take back a bad contract, still make that happen. The nickel and dime approach, that's the reason why the Lakers weren't able to sign or trade for Paul George when he was with the Pacers. I don't understand Magic's approach. If you're serious about getting this guy, you put your best foot forward. You go all in. 
why would you be so hesitant to trade two first round picks that will both be late first round picks? The Lakers have one transcendent player on their roster, and he's 34. With a three year window at best, once you signed him, win now leaped over developed young talent. I'm not saying the combo of LeBron and AD would be enough to win a title this season. When you look at the remaining pieces that would that be there after a trade. But they would get into the conference finals. I really believe that this season and set themselves up this offseason to add talent around LeBron and AD. That way they'd be able to compete for a title the following year. If Magic misses on this opportunity. And as I've said before, there's a domino effect. I really believe that no superstar player will sign with the Lakers in free agency. LeBron might still be the best player in the game, but he's 34 versus AD, who's 25 and has another seven to 10 years at a high level. AD is what they'd be signing up for because he's part of your present and future. Message to Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka. When trading for a superstar, you don't offer enough. You offer too much. That's how you get AD. That's how you secure your franchise's future. Whether we agree or disagree, the Facebook and YouTube fam, they never lack for opinions. Obviously, everybody knows the rumors about AD, about the trade rumors, wondering will the Celtics get involved, where Kyrie falls in all this mess. So here are some of your thoughts. Seth asks, if the Lakers get AD, how much cap space would they have to build around him and LeBron? Honestly, I don't know, because I actually think if a deal is made, even if they accept all the young talent, take KCP's expiring contract. I think the Pelicans are going to want the Lakers to take back a bad contract. So they might not have enough cap space, at least going into the summer, to sign a max player, but that doesn't mean that Magic and Palinka won't try to find a way to move that move that cap space or make some trades in the offseason. Will says, why would the Pelicans want Rondo back? Will, I'm 100% with you. The Pelicans let Rondo go when they had AD. He played great with AD, but why would you take him back when there won't be any AD? His, his, his value for your team would be going downward. He's not part of your future. It doesn't benefit you to bring him aboard. I, I'm with you 100%. Unless, unless the Lakers would be willing to take back a bad contract, give up two first-round picks, and suddenly Rondo doesn't look so bad. Remember, he's on a one-year deal. Rob says, Paul Pierce is delusional. Rob, yes. <laughs> Bam says, why get rid of your young core for a 34-year-old LeBron? Magic is about to ruin the Lakers. You make this trade because you have a 34-year-old LeBron. It's the point I've been making all season long. Once they sign LeBron James, it's win now. I know they talk the talk about letting young guys develop, but LeBron doesn't have two or three seasons for these guys to develop. And the truth of the matter is, there's no guarantees that any of these guys are going to develop into stars. From what I've seen, I've seen talented young players who could be very good players. 
but I don't see any of them as transcendent or a lot to be stars or superstars. Lee says, I would go after Bill and AD will come in his uh, AD will come on his own in the following summer. If you make a trade for Bradley Bill, I could understand that you would have to give up much less, but he has a really big contract. And I think if you make that deal, they might be hamstrung for cap space. And this idea that AD is going to come in the following summer, that was the plan with Paul George. I would not go that route again. DCY says there's zero chance the Pelicans make a deal with the Lakers. I wouldn't say zero chance, but I don't think it's a lot. I will say this, though, with some of the things that have developed over the last week, I think his market is shrinking, which means that the Lakers look a lot more attractive now than they did before. Blue says Celtics have Tatum and picks to offer for A.D., I'm with you 100 percent, Blue. That that makes sense. It would take more than just Tatum and some picks, but you could you could offer a package of Tatum Brown and some picks. Here's the thing, though. If Anthony Davis makes it no secret, and I think they've already done this, that they're not going to resign with the Celtics, that he's a one year rental. Are you going to trade Jason Tatum for a one year rental? I'm not. Cliff asks, Lakers shouldn't rush to sign A.D., they should wait to see how free agency plays out. That would be a mistake. One, if you go into free agency with the current roster, AD's not a free agent. Um, and the Celtics will all of a sudden be in the lead to get him because of what they can do with their assets. The Celtics have a shot to have two lottery picks to go along with the players they already have on their roster. No, you don't wait to see how free agency plays out. Max 11 says, if Magic makes this deal, it'll be the second dumbest thing he's done after picking ball over Tieran Fox. I wouldn't say picking ball was dumb, but I, I didn't have him ranked as high as others did. And what I know about Lonzo, what I've seen from him, there's no question he can play. I guess for me, I don't see special or transcendent. I see very good. I don't see Jason Kidd. I see Jason Kidd light. Fareed says this trade might get you one title versus keeping all the young pieces and winning three or four titles. If you think that keeping Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, Hart, Zubach, is going to get you three or four titles. Good luck with that. They're all really good young players who may or may not develop. Look, you're talking about five young talents. Best case scenario. I mean, the possible best case scenario. Two out of the five become all-star caliber players. The problem is you've got LeBron and he's 34 and time is not on your side and time is not on his side. You can't wait. The Lakers window is now. Everything is predicated on now. Lisa says Pelicans need to shut down AD and wait for the Celtics. That's certainly a possibility. I will say this. If the Lakers are unable to make a deal by the trade deadline, that's exactly what's going to happen. The Pelicans are not going to risk injury to a guy that they know they're going to have to move off of. 
and suddenly the Celtics look really, really attractive. Shout out to YouTube and Facebook fam. Thanks for all your responses. Without you guys, we have nothing going on. So the dialogue, the responses are great. Whether we agree or disagree, and we don't have to when we're chopping it up about sports. It's about having a healthy dialogue. It's about you guys giving your opinions and responding to me and re- me in turn responding to you. So good looking out. You are appreciated. Much respect. One more shout out. It goes out to Patriots fans. The Patriots beat up on the Rams 13 to 3. Brady, Belichick, sixth Super Bowl title. Congrats to the GOATs. It's the cipher. Mission one, putting out content. We're doing that. We've been consistent. Mission two is to put out some content multiple times over the course of a week. That's something I've been inconsistent on. But just like the overall podcast, we've gotten better. We've grown. So I'll get better. I'll find a way to be more consistent about putting out extra content, getting out another show twice a week. Much love. It's the cipher next time.